What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. April is a huge month for TV, and starting this weekend, the Recapables feed returns to give you in-depth analysis on your favorite TV shows, including Killing Eve, Billions, and many more. There will also be a special Precapables series on the Recapables feed on the final season of Game of Thrones, where our staff forecasts what will happen every Sunday on the show. So make sure to subscribe now before the premiere of Killing Eve and Game of Thrones on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lunt. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're YouTube. listening to. And you are listening to the you're listening, you're, listening, you're, listening, you're listening to the Masked Man the Show. The Masked Man 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 Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I did that differently than normal because it's WrestleMania. It just happened. It's wrestled the day after WrestleMania. I'm here in the studio, the Ringer's Brooklyn studio, with Jumpin' Jim Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, not jumping today. Uh, you had a long one coming back from WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. We all had a long day at WrestleMania. It was a lot of wrestling. It was a lot of mania. Um, but you know what? We got what we wanted. Crowd got sent home happy, if a little bit tired, and you know, Uber lines aside. Samoa Joe destroying Ray. That's what everyone was there for. Samoa for Joe dest- destroying Ray is the outlier, but Samoa Joe is such a fan favorite. He's I such know, a he's, he's awesome. so beloved. Um, his theme song's great. If Ray Mysterio were literally anybody else of his generation, that win would have been the most popular thing that happened on the card. Yeah, we just love Ray for his talent, for his longevity, for his size. You think he's the same Ray Mysterio? You you think it's a different person under the mask? Sure, like Ultimate Warrior. There were like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man, it's Vince, <laughs> my hero. You think somebody got he's those diabolical. tattoos, or maybe did he did it did it change Mysterio's when the tattoos first appeared? Maybe yeah, that, that was that's it. The new Mysterio, yeah. Huh. Ray Mysterio the third. Um. Yeah, Rey Mysterio Jr. Jr. It's gonna be that's gonna happen at some point. Definitely. Anyway, WrestleMania was awesome, man. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. Yes. Becky Lynch is our new double women's champion. You notice how they're not saying unified? Have they been? Were they? Yeah. Saying? Why is that? Did Ultimate Warrior? Well, I asked when, when I was writing my preview last week. I pulled the the ringer. A lot of big fight fans over here. Mm-hmm. Surprising number of wrestling fans last night. We had a lot of people in Ringer and WWE Slack who are watching along live. Bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> we can take all the we'll take all the bandwagon <laughs> fans we can get. Um, but they, but when I when I pulled the Ringer last week, I was like, listen, if she gets both belts by boxing rules, is she automatically the unified champion? Or do they need to have some sort of unification ceremony, some sort of contractual paperwork in place that the that the belts are getting formally swept into one umbrella under one umbrella? And the boxing experts were like, "No, she's champion of both. She's the unified champion." 
And so I use the term unified champion Hmm. in the piece and WWE. But I think, I think that the question I ask is the answer. I haven't heard anybody else talk about this, but maybe they have. My guess is WWE plans to separate the belts, make sure they're going to make Becky pick a belt tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow or next week or something. And they're going to immediately separate them back out. So it's like a Hogan warrior thing. As soon as a warrior won, he was no longer IC champ. And someone else got it. So he just craps. She's just gonna crap on one of them. The SmackDown belt. What um, what did they do when Jericho? I think the SmackDown belt, the, the Raw belt looks better, so I would pick that one. Well, Vince is gonna make Raw be the show. But what did they do with Jericho when he unified the belts? Well, they, they had just unified get rid the of one of the belts. Uh, I think in the past they yeah, do. They like they when Randy the... Randy Orton unified the belt, or there was that Randy Orton John Cena unification match, and they just went to one belt. Um. Yeah, usually, usually you hold up two in celebration, and then you come out with one the next night. That's how you show, or maybe you have one night with both of them to look cool. But, but then they just go to the one belt. Um, anyway, Becky Lynch is your champion. More importantly, or just as importantly, Kofi Kingston, your new SmackDown or WWE champion. Mm-hmm. It was freaking awesome. What yeah, a that match was that was. Um, just saying, Xavier Woods, huh? Xavier Woods, so emotional about it. It's great. He was fantastic. Yeah, Big E was fantastic. Big E, uh, in- incidentally, uh, forgave Hulk Hogan on Twitter yesterday. Said News that, dump. Yeah, well, Hogan came <laughs> and like, apparently Hogan tracked him down backstage and heard heard wow. him out. Wow. Um, um, Jericho definitely had both belts. Now, friend of the pod, tag team partner of the pod, occasional, uh, Andrew Goldstein, Yeah. Um, said... He didn't completely love the uh, having the belt hidden under Daniel Bryan's uh, cardboard belt because it was too much of a game. Like it, it, it gave it like, away. It was just kind of planned. But they do have to have that option. They're not going to have Kofi holding up the cardboard belt. Talk to some people. WWE <laughs> called it the card cardboard belt. Danny Gonzalez. He did like a little cardboardy. I was like, it'd be uh, funny if it rained and it was cardboard and it just like fell apart. Whoa! Speak of the devil. Look who's on the phone right now. That was absolutely not planned. We have a, a run-in from the Andrew Goldstein. Answer the I'll phone. I'll have to change his ringtone. Hey, yo. Jim was li- just reading, was it a tweet? No, I was saying oh, you what were with he him. was complaining about. In the, he was, on the that you were home. complaining that Kofi, that they brought the old belt out from underneath Daniel Bryan's cardboard belt? Me? Yes. I, I just, you know, it was a little telegraphical. <laughs> you mean you, you mean to say that they knew he was going to win before the match took place? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm of two minds of it. it you know, it, it, it like, you know, telegraphs it very much so. But then also for all those historic pictures of Kofi Kingston finally, you know, climbing the mountain, he would have been photographed with this like gimmick specific <laughs> wooden title belt. So I think it saved the historical record of the match uh, by having that title there. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it was the right decision. It was one of those things. It's easy to. I mean, I, it did seem silly. I actually was scared when uh, Biggie brought out that that gift box at the beginning. That that's where it was going to come out of. Like they would have jinxed themselves. And even in kayfabe, you can't jinx yourself like that. Um, yeah. At when least I saw the gift box. I thought the boogeyman was going to come out. <laughs> I thought his belt was going to be made of the waffles or the oh, no. pancakes or whatever. Jim was hoping for that the New Day would get their own gimmick belt with made of waffles <laughs> or pancakes. Um, so what was Andrew? What, what was from where you were sitting? What was the was did Kofi get the biggest pop of the night, or was there or was there somebody else? 
Yeah, I mean, that was the moment where everyone in my section stood up. I mean, obviously the big spot was Shane and Miz, like, caused people to get out of their seat. It was an, it was a holy, you know, holy SH moment. But but honestly, like, the, the indelible moment that everyone was talking about as they were leaving the arena, you know, minutes, hours after the match, everybody was talking about Kofi. This is... This is the Kofi WrestleMania. I think you look back on ten. You know, Bill Simmons talks about it all the time. It's with the Oscars, he says, you know, what doesn't get taken into account is ten years from now, what movie, what's the movie of the year that people will talk about? Yeah. And it, and this is the perfect example of that of that theory is what will people say about WrestleMania 35 a decade from now? And it's it's the day that Kofi, it, it's the night Kofi Kingston climbed climbed the twelve year mountain. You don't think that Becky Lynch would be part of that conversation too? I, I think yes, but sadly, you know, at the in the last twenty minutes of a seven-hour show, um, I, I think currently that'll be a big storyline. But yeah, probably yes. But I think more of an impact. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the Kofi moment, the Kofi imagery, will go farther. Well, you can definitely make that case. I mean, he had a lot. Of, I mean, he had probably a, a little bit more momentum coming into Sunday, and certainly, um, you know, his rea- He got the biggest reaction. I mean, I think of the night. So, you know, I mean, everybody's very excited, and, and with good reason. That was a hell of a match. A hell of a match. Um, Daniel Bryan has. I mean, Daniel Bryan has turned himself into. I mean, like we did. We already knew he was like one of the best workers in the company. But to be able to be such an effective heel at getting someone else over in the way that he got over five years ago, that's got to be one of the most impressive things, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I, I I mean, you use the word all the time. It's very meta for what Daniel Bryan did is to like take his almost his exact storyline and flip it and have it work on the behalf of, of somebody else, you know, flip his complete, his whole position. It was the whole storyline down to the B plus player, you know, uh, verbiage. I mean, literally they took it right from the Daniel Bryan bill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really cool stuff. Well, do you have any, do you have any uh, takes that you need to get off your chest? Any, any, any from any of the other matches, anything that you uh, want to complain about? I mean, my big one, obviously, like everybody's going to talk about the seven hours, the time, it should, you know, it should be cut 15 matches is too much. To me, the, the underlying shame of, of that whole, you know, beef is that 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 Becky, Ronda, Charlotte match was such a such an uh, potential to be such an inspiration for young girls everywhere, young girls watching the show, whether they were wrestling fans or new to it. It was this huge, huge benchmark moment and i feel like so many young girls probably missed it because it aired you know it came on at 11 45 at night like i could see so many parents being like you got to go you have to go to sleep around you know 10 10 30 i just feel bad that so many girls i feel like it was a minor miscalculation as great as putting it in the main event is the last match of the night and that what that meant i feel like that the unintended consequence of that is that a lot of young girls probably missed it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, it's hard. To, it's hard to really like. I don't want to go too too over the top in that direction because we all would. I mean, if it hadn't gone on last, that would have been a point of contention for a lot of people too. But 
I mean, honestly, if the, like one like one small gesture, which I think would make a whole lot of difference. I know they got to sell WWE Network subscriptions, blah blah blah. But just put put the whole main event on YouTube right now. You know, just let everybody be every everybody who wants every kid who had to go to bed early should be able to see it today. It's if yeah. it's if it's the most important match in WWE history. Let's get it out there. Uh, no joke. The, the, a father and son sitting in the row, and the, the the father was texting his wife saying, "Please, he really wants to stay up. He'll be good all week. He promises to be good all week. He can we can we please stay till the end?" Because he was looking at his watch like, "I have to get this kid home. Yeah, to school tomorrow." And he was like negotiating with his wife over text, like if he could keep his son awake. You know, and at this at this event, so it was, I mean, it played out in real time right in front of me. Um, so that was one thing, and then the other thing, you know, like the part of the Miz Shane um, uh, big spot that nobody's talking about is like the the fact that like Miz so often in his career has been has been you know needled for not taking risks. You know, like uh -huh. the, his whole his whole kind of underlying story with Daniel Bryan was like. Yeah, I never miss time, mostly because I protect myself. I don't do these stupid, crazy risks. I don't take these stupid, crazy risks that, that you know, take years off my career. I'm the guy who shows up for everything. I'm the guy who's available. And here, you know, he turns babyface. And what does he do? He takes this huge risk. And I was like, that to me should have been like, I don't know. I didn't hear the announcers, but I doubt that they hit that specific of, a, of an ironic uh, twist in that story. To me, it was like apparent that like the Miz took the, the biggest bump of the night. He's the guy who who has always been so uh, careful with you know as a heel. Yeah, I mean they touched on it a little bit. They were they were mostly caught up. It's if I remember correctly, I rewatched it today. They were mostly caught up in the how did the how did the it was the Miz's move. How did Shane get on top? Sort of situation. But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean that was really cool, and that was just like. We did a Kenny Herzog did a giant feature like interview with the Miz last week on the Ringer and and uh, that was you know part of what the point of the story is. I mean his career arc is so strange, but he's officially become like a like smart mark fan favorite. And uh, this is just kind of it's sort of wild that it's happened, but this is a continuation of that you know transformation. Yeah, uh, overall fun mania for the for, you know from seven o'clock till about. 930 you know <laughs> and then I, I tr hunter and batista really disappointed me i i really enjoyed the story going in and i felt like the match just wasn't personal it didn't feel personal it didn't have any uh heat to it and i felt it was just two guys you know having a weapons match and there was no i just didn't feel the the, the hatred that those guys or the rivalry that those guys had built up so that i think what from that match on, the crowd kind of really dipped, and the momentum. Of yeah, the really dipped. that match match did drag. I was I had high expectations for it, and and yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to be said except, uh, you know, that that match felt like it was. It did feel it did feel important for kind of burnishing this WrestleMania that didn't have really any legends returning, didn't even have John Cena on the card and the Undertaker and all that kind of stuff. So I understand why they did it. Um, and I understand why they made all the choices that they did, but although I did hear um, in the nights leading up to WrestleMania, I heard that there were, you know, someone told me that there's two fights, we, we have two matches scheduled for 25 minutes, and that's one of them. 
and I just yeah. and I just sort of fainted. You know, <laughs> I was like, "That's a terrible idea." <laughs> I mean, you know, he's Triple Hunter is who he is in the company. He's going to get what he wants. He got the big elaborate intro, and yeah. he got to play with all the toys and everything in the match. But I just felt like it was lacking from a story perspective in terms of the layout of the match and and the you know the the weapons and I mean it might have felt different with commentary again I was in the crowd you know just watching it um but th- my last take for you and this is a fun one is just I just shout out to Zack Ryder man like this is his second Wrestlemania yes. where for the majority of the year leading up to Wrestle the Wrestlemania he was not on television not a focus of any storylines and he somehow backs his way into a Wrestlemania moment twice once I could be like, okay, this is like a fun thing for him. They gave it to him twice. He has a, he has won a title in a match on WrestleMania without having any buildup or any real uh, focus on their day to day programming. Which, by the way, is hours and hours and hours, and they still can't find room for him. And yet, he still has two huge WrestleMania moments in his career. So, shout out to Zack Ryder. Listen, I totally agree. Zack Ryder is the new Mr. WrestleMania. I hope they really continue that streak. Andrew, thank you so much for calling in, man. I'll talk to you in real life soon. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Thank you, Andrew Goldstein, former WWE uh, writer-producer, now superstar in his own right. And very former, after all that shit he just talked about, Triple H. (laughs) He's never coming back. Never say never in pro wrestling. That's true. But I just got a text message. Andrew Goldstein is the new head writer of Raw. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, listen, uh, I mean, he covered a lot of territory there. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania was nuts, man. But it there was, was a it lot was to cover. There was a lot to cover. Um, I'm looking. I watched some of Watch Along. It was actually. I mean, actually, I don't want to like downgrade it. It was super good. So Watch Along is that? So that's like a second screen option. Yeah. How yeah, you, it's on. It's you, li- YouTube Live or YouTube oh. whatever they call it. So you're watching the network on your laptop or whatever on your Apple TV, and then on your yeah, laptop some people still have TVs. You'll have it, and then on your laptop you can have this. Can you still order WrestleMania like on pay per view? Yeah, I think so. How much is it? Like sixty? I don't. I have no idea. I wonder what it's up to now. When we were maybe kids, maybe not. It was maybe like I mean I. I don't know. No, because my parents offered. They said if you don't get a ticket, you can come up to our house and we'll order it. And I was like, yeah, but they don't. That's know. not how it works, mom. Okay, so cable pay per view providers. Yeah, Dish and Xfinity were showing it for like fi- over 50 bucks. Over 50 bucks? And that was just like a live stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a live stream. Well, when McGregor fought Mayweather, oh yeah, you were at my house for that. Yeah. I ordered it through cable because I figured everyone was going to go digital and it would crash and freeze up and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was correct. Yeah, that's really underrated. It's a really underrated part of where we are right now with all this stuff. It was funny when the... when. So we had the Super Bowl last year. I said, everybody watch out because this is going to be the first Super Bowl where like so many people are, are streaming it. No. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like the so many people had cut the cord at that point. Yeah. And like adults had cut the cord. It wasn't just like. I know. I still haven't. I need to. I'm scared. But it's wild because we know what it's like from wrestling. Like yeah. I remember those. I remember those Wild West days when the WWE Network launched. And I can tell you from where I was sitting, everything was fine. Yeah. But everybody, everybody who had the tiniest glitch, whether it was like a five-second oh. lag or it was like literally, you know, someone set their house on fire, 
they were on Twitter complaining to w- at WWE. I saw one of my friends complaining on about NXT. He had WWE Network doing its thing, and it just had the little you know loading thing in the middle of a match. This but that's year? his internet, yes. Yeah, that's his internet. Yeah, he's in You hit reload. Every, like, it works. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You're dependent on all these other people. It's not just... Cable sucked, but it's not just like... At least with cable, cable there was... Suck, though. No, I'm just saying that there was a lot of... You can say a lot of reasons why cable uh, wasn't the ideal setup. Cable didn't suck. Right. But there was like one giant, you know, nickel-thick cord that came into your house and it had all the stuff in it. Exactly. But it also was good, though, if you got a, a black box. You got a box that just got all the channels. Like, a couple of my uncles had those, illegal cable boxes. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, and then... I only, I only heard rumor of those. Views. Oh, love those. We had those for a little bit, and then I think I got caught watching like Playboy or something, and we got rid of it. <laughs> Man, I remember so many memories like that when I was a kid. Not specifically that, but imagine how like mad your dad or whoever was when like they had to get rid of the black box to protect your stupid because, brain. Yeah, because of that. I know. Anyway, gotcha. back to WrestleMania, the stuff that really matters. Yes. Okay, let's just run through some of this lower card stuff because I don't. I mean, we talked about Becky Lynch, we talked about Kofi. We will continue to talk about them. We'll talk about them on this week's regular show on Wednesday, which. We will do if I'm still standing. Tony Nese defeated Buddy Murphy, a nice little hometown thing. And those guys were great. They worked really well together. I, I just, I love both of them. I think there's inherent, I know I always complain about size and this is not the time or the place, but there's something inherently weird about putting those two dudes in particular together in a match when they are bigger than most of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have this cruiserweight conceit, just let one of the guys be a skinny flippy guy. Yeah. But anyway, Tony Nese, congratulations. Buddy Murphy, best of luck in whatever happens next. Um, I cannot believe Carmella won the Women's Battle Royal, but okay. I was very weird. <laughs> I was, well, listen, there's a, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They're just kind of like, people like Carmella. Yeah, people love her. She they, they didn't have a dance break at the end because they ended up doing it later, but there was a, but they, the, the roller coaster of emotion between, okay, this is obviously going to be the Asuka. Like, in the last 30 seconds of the match, it went from, all right, they're making the right choice. This is the Asuka win that, like, is a, a barely a makeup. And then Sarah Logan seemed to have won. I was just like, what the... Like, we have... Is this a... Like, we have an angle coming out of this. And then Carmella won, which I don't even know what that means. Anyway, uh, Goldstein mentioned it. Hawkers and, Hawkins and Ryder defeated the Revival. That was actually a really fun match. Like, it was just like a freaking tag team match. And it was a good time. Good time. Good time was had by all. Um, except the revival. I spent fans. most of this. I spent most of this match Google image searching pictures of Hawkins and Ryder from their early days, and then um, I started doing uh, googling the the Dude Busters because somebody was talking to me that day about Trent Beretta. Um, Who's that again? Another name, Trent Beretta. Kaylin, oh, Trent Kaylin Croft. Mark? Yeah, it's Trent. It's Trent question. Uh, you and you and Kenny Herzog were talking about it. Oh, G one, right? Um, Trent Beretta and Kaylin Croft were sort of the new. Briefly on SmackDown, we're sort of uh, the new Ryder and Hawkins. Anyway, that's my Google image story story of the Google image search story of the day. Uh, Braun Strowman won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. How was that? We were en route. It was good. It was just a. I mean, there was a lot of fun what little. What happened with Michael Che and uh, Con Jost? They take any bumps or what? Kind of. Uh, they hit under the ring. Came out at the end. They were the last two in Strowman. That's and good. So they had to go in. And he's just waiting. Yeah, so they both okay. bumped. Che took a punch that knocked him silly. I mean, he was already climbed out of the ring and 
Okay. Strowman punched him on the apron. And then Jost got gorilla press slammed, right? Oh, he got, well, he picked him like up. tossed to everybody well, else. Well, yeah, he picked him up like he was going to do the power, his, his power slam, but then he just sort of speared him out of the ring or, or javelined him out of the ring onto like everybody else who was standing there waiting to catch him. That's pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. Um, two big notes of it. One, uh, Ali, formerly Mustafa Ali, um, landed really terribly. Did you see any of that? No. He took this incredible bump. That, I mean, that was clearly planned and approved and everything else. Um, where Luke Harper, who was back, baby, Luke Harper's back. Luke Harper suplexed him out of the ring. Like Luke Harper's standing on the ring apron. Ali's on the inside. Luke Harper does a full suplex and they both land on the floor. Yeah, I found it. And then Ali went like landed weirdly and also just catapulted, like rolled straight into the announce table. Yeah, he caught his face. Well, Braun Strowman kicked Luke Harper while he did the suplex. Yeah. Give him the big boot. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the gif. Um, so Mustafa Ali is now Ali. Yeah. You think two months from now, Vince just has him as Al? <laughs> they just keep changing. <laughs> I mean, they just keep shortening everything. So yeah, that was, the, everything went right, except that, I don't know, they just, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, maybe they, the plan was for him to land between the announce desks, but there's no way that's safer than what happened. No, I think... Um, he just it didn't looks expect like, to, to roll that hard. I No, I think Braun really kicked the crap out of Luke Harper. He kind of fell further back than he thought he was going yeah, to. Yeah, maybe it looks so. Like that. I just sent you the gif. I saw it. I don't need your gifts, man. The, but the other big note, speaking of Braun Strowman, is that he uh, he wrestled shirtless. We get a new look for Thank Braun God. Strowman. But he's still got the patchwork pants. Thank he still God. has the patchwork <laughs> pants. Which I love. He got he has to get rid of those I'm too. Stuck in the 90s. He needs some Jankos. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see Braun Strowman's new 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 uh shirtless era. I think that means more than any winner lost from last night. Anyway, then the show opened with you want some inside gossip? Yeah. Show opens with Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. You were in your seat by then? What about Hulkster? I don't want to talk about the Hulkster. Okay, because I dun, walk, I dun, walked in dun, and the, right when, as the music hit, was, as I was walking in, and I was like, wow, they know I'm here. <laughs> and the fans were like, what? They were like... No, the fans really, how did they react to Hogan? Uh, I wasn't tall, all the way in yet. Yeah. I was like getting through the gate. Seemed like a mostly positive response. Have you ever been to a stadium where like you go to a will call window or the gate, the gate to go in, and they're like, oh yes, of course this is the right one, and you don't have to walk all the way around the stadium? Because I've never had that happen to me when I go to a place, yeah, especially that was Giant Stadium. They're always like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna have to walk 20 minutes around the building." Oh yeah, absolutely. I was like, "God damn it! I never park in the right section to that gate." Yeah, that always happens at football stadiums. It, yeah. Also, airport. It's never the first gate. It's always like the furthest one possible. It's like, "Where's where's my gate?" Now it's you're just doing like Seinfeld material. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's my life. Anyway, um, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar start off the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were surprised that it started off the show. You know who else was surprised that it started off the show? Seth Everybody that works for WWE. Because Brock Lesnar, sometime between, from my understanding, sometime between uh, Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy walking to the ring and Seth Rollins walking to the ring is when Brock Lesnar said, hey, can I go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get on my plane as early as Just possible. cut the line. Just like I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> it was a great listen, I think it was the smartest thing they could have possibly done. What what about also he's just like, what if he said, I'm not dropping the title if uh 
you don't put me on first. I think that's all super secondary to the fact that Brock Lesnar gets to do whatever he wants regardless. If he said, I'm not dropping the title, he just wouldn't drop the title. Like Vince would literally just let him retire as champion. I know, but what if he said, well, I'll drop it to him, but you got to put us on right now. I don't, I don't think he would have had to say that. He just said, let me go first. And they said, okay. Now, He's I like, know, I want to go. I know um, you may not want to talk about Hogan, but is there any way that they put him out there to kill some time while they were trying to figure out the logistics of Brock Lesnar and them? Or it was meant to kick off with Hulk Hogan? No, I think it's meant to kick off with Hogan. Okay. Just get him out there for a minute. Let him flub a line or two. Remind yeah. people why we love him so much. Um, <laughs> Something like that. We talked about the fact that Biggie forgave him. It would be cool if he had to like, if there's the backstage video of him just like walking past all the black wrestlers on the way to the entrance. <laughs> that might have happened. So yeah, so Rollins decisively beat Braun Strowman. Here's why it was a great idea for it to go on first. Number one, he keeps expectations low, right? That wasn't the most like well-worked, interesting work rate match of Braun Strowman's latest chapter. Certainly not Seth Rollins' last couple years. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, sorry. Kept the expectations for work rate low. It it popped the crowd like crazy right then. Mm-hmm. And everybody really hyped up for the main card. And it eliminated the, the prevailing sense that Roman Reigns would get involved somehow. True. Right? Because True. Roman Reigns hadn't even wrestled his own match yet. I mean, you kind of, there was, it. all you were thinking of was like, oh crap, this match is happening right now. I got to pay attention to it. Do Reigns you- could have still been involved, but like, it, it really just it, it took that to me it totally took it out of the out of the yeah out of consideration interesting do you think if wrestling was scripted do you think the match was the same and the outcome was the same as what they had planned for later in the show yeah same I don't know that I don't know that I, I mean that's, how, how many minutes did they go um so, uh, less than two 10. minutes and 30 seconds oh but that but, but the match didn't start until they actually got in the ring. So oh, the Brock's whole beat the bell ring. Yeah, Brock's whole beat down was prior to yeah, that. It so like it was five probably minutes. five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Still. Yeah. I would have thought they would have had more power. I was thinking they wanted to get it out of the way timing wise. I didn't realize just Brock was like, nah, you know what? I think I'm gonna go. <laughs> well, the timing of the entire match, I think, was a timing thing. Here's what but here's what's really cool about it looking forward. It was a clean victory. I mean, obviously there was the there was the nut shot and whatever else. But the storyline was Seth studied his tape. He knows that Braun has a weak wiener. <laughs> Doesn't he, have the testicular fortitude. Yeah. And uh, and then he just like stomped him three times and it was over. There was no need for a run-in, no need for any other shenanigans. It was just Brock getting beat. Right. Um, and then he took off. The low blows. So, what do you think he's doing now? Just killing elk with his bare hands? I mean, counting his money. Yeah, good for him. Did you see that article that released last Stuffing week? Stuffing $100 bills into dead elk's mouths like a million-dollar man. Did you see that article that came out in one of the British tabloids last week? That some Coincidentally, after the John Oliver thing, uh, somebody leaked everybody's salaries to the... Wow, really? Yeah. They didn't really say what year it was or anything else, but it was... Um, I mean, maybe they did. I think it was implied that it was last year. Brock Lesnar is making $12 million. Jesus. Is that, does he make more than Leo Rush? So yeah, it doesn't even say year. It's written in this very bizarre, like, evasive Brit speak. Mm-hmm. Is it pounds? No, it's dollars. This is, this is the express. The highest paid wrestler is none other than Brock Lesnar, who pockets a staggering $12 million. <laughs> 14 stone. 
but like who pockets like I don't know if that's one year or three years I'm whatever but then it gets down to these other numbers where it makes it seem like it has to be one year yeah that's John like Cena's year. at 8.5 Roman Reigns five million dollars um let me see let me get down here here's the great story that just that, I mean that, that's gonna spill out of this though is that the women are amazingly underpaid fair pay especially at the bottom of the card Okay, Triple H makes 1.1 million plus 1.65 million as a talent. Like 1.1 is his executive salary, 1.65 to be a wrestler. Vince Allegedly. makes Vince makes 2.4. Pocket a lot more than that, I'm sure. Please. All right. Lesnar 12, Cena 8.5, Reigns 5 million, Randy Orton 4.5 million, AJ 3.5, Seth 3 million. The Miz and The Undertaker, 2.5 mil. Ambrose and Owens, 2 mil. Dolph Ziggler, 1.5. Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, all a million all million each. Ginger Mahal, Big Show. Okay, so we're going down and down and down. Who do you want to know? Michael Cole. Well, he's not on here. Or at least he, I haven't seen him on here. Um, Good. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Big E all make a cool half mil. Silence. Um, it's okay because Harper Rowan and R Truth make more than them. Who else makes half a mil? Rhino is he in the on the roster? No. Cesaro, Sami Zayn. So there's a bunch of mis, like misinformation in here. But yeah, what year is this from? It doesn't say. That's the whole thing about it. But it has people like Apollo. It has Scott Dawson on it? He hasn't been on the main roster very long. Right. Gargano. I'll see him on here. Call baby. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, figures from mid 2018, it says. Sorry. I don't want to I don't want to make the express sound like Let's less than a journalistic source. Makes the least. I will say that as we go down, you do notice that suddenly you're at like, oh, okay. So here we go. Women's wrestlers. Rhonda makes 1.5 million, which is shocking considering Brock Lesnar makes 12 million for basically like the same job title. Mm-hmm. Right? UFC hype train. Yep. Charlotte Flair, 550. Uh, Nikki Bella, Alexa Bliss, both make 350. Mickey James, 300. Brie Bella, 300. Natalia, 300. Asuka, 250. Becky Lynch. So Asuka, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, all 250. Then we get into some people in the 200s. But then we get way down at the bottom. Yeah, that's what I'm into. Who's the bottom? Mandy Rose, Ruby Riot, My Sarah God, Logan, Mandy. Tamina, and Liv Morgan all make $80,000 a year, according to this. Hmm. 80. That's not enough. Anyway, back to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, The Undertaker was on there, and The Undertaker didn't show up last night. Are you surprised? I was curious if he was going to come out. I was talking to... Uh some people there and we were talking about whether or not it was going to be Undertaker or John Cena to come out to fight put Angle away and it was neither yeah I know also when John Cena came out I hate to jump ahead of your little schedule but I was with my cousin and his sons yeah both huge John Cena fans one's about five one's maybe nine they had no idea who the hell that guy was who John Cena was? Who that old school John Cena was. The thug and Oh, but they knew John they Cena. They didn't know the music. Right. And they were staring at it and they're like, who is this guy? And 
I said, oh, that's John Cena. That's his old rapper gimmick. I'm telling my cousin. So he tells his sons. And they just looked at him and shook their heads like, no, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was that was a weird moment. So that was for, uh, I don't know. Um, pencil neck geeks in their 20s. Yeah, I'm going to run through the rest of this really quickly. AJ mm-hmm. Styles over Orton, that was fun. Not what I hoped it would be. The Usos, that tag team match had some really cool, it was only 10 minutes long, but it had some amazing spots. Yeah. That thing where um, I, I pulled the ringer office, the the the, the Fairweather fans over here, about mm-hmm. what their favorite moments were. And Danny Chow's um, was that that ricochet spot where he like got the super high, like the the off the top rope group suplex, and he, he somehow landed on his feet and rolled through it. Yeah, that was really cool. Ricochet's amazing. Ricochet's the best. Um, what else do we got? Oh, and that that spot where. WWE posted on their YouTube channel where um, where Cesaro is swinging is giving Ricochet the swing for like forty five minutes oh, while yeah. Sheamus is doing the chest the chest laps on everybody mm-hmm. or the forearms on everybody. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, that swing's got to oh, it's got to hurt your head. Yeah, that went on for so long. It was I like know. Sheamus was, like was just like, "Can you keep going? Okay, I'll smack some more people." I mean, yeah. it was nuts. That was really cool. Cool moment. And then he puts it right into what the sharpshooter. Yeah, Shane McMahon defeated The Miz in a jumping from the top of a thing thing. Uh, suplex, suplex off, off of, of the, the scaffolding. Suplex off of... I was right on the side of that, and so I couldn't see. Once they went over, I couldn't see it. Like, I just saw him go, and I couldn't see the actual oh, fall. Well, th- dude, they both died. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one Finally, to break it to you. something real happens. Um, that was a cool match, and that was really cool for The Miz. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, Andrew said... The I think I- the Miz's dad was my favorite wrestler of the night. And then the Iconics, big shock of the night. The Iconics kept, uh, I mean, won the the women's tag team belts over the Boston Hug Connection. Also, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and, Beth, and the Divas of Doom, Beth Phoenix, and Natalia. Was it that much of a shock? Just because they're not well as established, but they yes. seem to be so popular. They're the they're the most tag teamy of these tag teams. I mean, they're and like they're an also actual like team. The most- popular like on Twitter and stuff I feel like people are, are always yeah I feel like people are always writing about them I think they're great I just don't think they're I mean they haven't been given a lot of opportunity to you know like wrestle and stuff on Smackdown so uh, it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see what we do with them here because it's a different look for the tag team division I saw the people like kind of setting up the uh, Bailey's uh, inflatable friends whatever the hell those things are called yeah the used car guys yeah and it just it took away from the magic of it there was one year where the Miz came out. What year was that? Miz came out with giant inflatable, awesome, like awesome in the font that he uses, but yeah. it was giant white balloons. Mm-hmm. And I looked back on the stage and I saw them bringing them out and it was all dudes in like- From NXT. Uh, no, no. It was like guy, It was like stagehands in black, like yeah. gimp, gimp suits, like the, like the spandex bodysuit. Right. Like all running out behind holding these yeah, things yeah, up. Yeah. And I was just like, I hope that looks cool on TV because it looks really <laughs> lame from <laughs> that, where I'm- That's what I'm saying. Like I watched them like try and inflate them and all that. Um. But yeah, that, I mean, the tag team match was fine. It was, it was, it was good. It was. I think that was the moment where I mean, I, I'm, I was, I was, I kind of was into the match. It was only what eleven minutes or something, but I was happy. That was that was kind of the moment where you're like, oh, good. After after it was over, oh, good. Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston's coming on next. That's awesome. Are we already going to end game? And then you look at the list and you're like, no, we have seven more matches. Yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I I figured the Samoa Joe was going to uh, that match was just going to get scrapped. Well, I mean, it was only like, Don't do one that minute anymore, long. I guess I know, same thing. But 
Even just the entrances. Well, that's the thing with WrestleMania. There's so much time with the promo packages. As, as Herzog wrote today on TheRinger.com, you can get rid of those. Get rid of promo packages. If, you're already, if you have the confidence that, your fans, that some of your fans are going to find the second screen experience on YouTube... Have confidence that they can like pull up the promo packages within the like as the people are entering the ring. Yeah. By the way, I did see. Remember a couple? There was like a, a Royal Rumble or something when they took the the cart down. There was like that gif of Braun Strowman on a cart once, like flying down the aisle. They weren't oh, yeah, actually yeah, showing yeah. on TV. Yesterday, I saw a bunch of guys hop up mid ramp. They didn't come from the screen. They'd say it again. They, they didn't come from the back by their screen. Certain like matches. Some guys had to hop up in the mid ramp, and then like when the camera. Oh, got there was down, no they cart. Were, they just sort of entered in yeah, a closer they, spot. They, yeah, they like came up and then like climbed up on, on the middle of the ramp, and then like if the they weren't getting the full them, entrance, they weren't getting the, the full, full entrance. Exactly. Entrance. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So now we got Zach Linder. Hello. So Jim and I were just talking through the first half of the card, just trying to just running through everything, the highlights, the lowlights, everything else. And we're just sort of turning the corner into Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, everybody knows what happened there. Is it a surprise to you as somebody who, you know, has some wrestling employment experience in his past? <laughs> did it feel did that feel like the right place on the card for Kofi for Kofi and Daniel Bryan? I don't I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to imply that I don't think it was, but a lot of people have been talking about it. Wait, I thought we were going to do a two and a half hour rewatchables of In Your House, <laughs> Beware of Dog. Is that not? Yes, is that's, that not the, that's tomorrow, man. That's tomorrow. Okay. Uh, oh, it doesn't surprise me at all, David. Um, I think that um, you have to spread out the big matches. I mean, with, uh, with that match uh, happening kind of a little past the midway point in the show, you still had quite a ways to go. Um, and you still had Triple H Batista, you still had Reigns McIntyre, you got to spread those things out. And knowing that the baby facers were all going to go over, and there were so many baby faces going over last night, you had to spread them out as much as possible. Right. I was trying to explain that last night. Because, uh, I mean, at some point you make the decision that the baby faces are going to go over, and you just sort of, you know, some of the rules go out the window at that point as far as like the way you sequence the night. But if you want to, but you're right. There has to be, or there doesn't have to be. There is a there is a theory that there should be, you know, a sort of back and forth, or at least it has to be mixed up a little bit. And that does a little that that goes some way to explain why we got the biggest three title matches of the night first, and then, uh, you know, five matches later we get Kofi, and then six matches later we get Becky Lynch winning in the end. Um. It was a lot of wrestling, though. Who, but who? I mean, what? What I, I asked Andrew Goldstein this. He was just on the phone. What was the biggest moment of the night for you? What, for for you personally, but also like for the crowd. What do you think that the the the, the big the high the highest intensity moment was? Look, I think I speak for myself and the crowd when I say congratulations, Tony Nice. <laughs> I mean. A long time coming for Mr. Nice, and he finally did it. I mean, everybody was on the edge of their seats, and by everybody, I mean the 15 people who were in the stadium at that point. Um, no, um, you know, for, for me personally, um, you know, Kurt Hawkins is a buddy, Zach Ryder is a buddy. 
Um, you know, uh, Kurt and I are, are, are both big Mets fans and, and text about the Mets pretty frequently and to see him come out in the Jets gear. Um, I actually wasn't in the stadium yet when that match happened. And I was texting our Jew World Order text group saying how bummed I was that I, that I had missed that big moment. So for me personally, I loved seeing Hawkins and Ryder um, and, uh, or at least hearing about it and then watching it later. Um, but on, on a more general uh, perspective, I think the Kofi win, I mean, is just so, so huge. Um, you know, I don't know if, uh, David, did you see the, uh, the video floating around today with MVP and Chad Gaspard uh, tearing up while watching that? Did you see that? No, I haven't seen that yet. I'll check that out right now. Yeah, that's worth watching. Um, you know, it's sort of a split screen of uh, of uh, MVP and Chad watching the match, and uh, and then the match happening on a split screen as well. And MVP starts tearing up. I mean, this is a big deal. Obviously, it's hard to explain to people who say, "Well, why is it such a big deal? Isn't wrestling scripted anyway?" Well, yeah, it is, but it has never been scripted before to have an African-American win, win the, the main championship. Um, and this is a guy who really, really deserves it, has been around a long time. And, um, I, it, you know, now you have a whole group of young black wrestling fans who can look at Kofi and say, that can be me one day, similar to how young women are with the women's revolution and, and with the main event last night as well. Um, WWE making a lot of strides um, in overlooked fan groups, I think. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, and, and the crowd, I mean, and, and as much as you can like point to those, you know, fan groups, whatever, and say like, finally WWE servicing young women, servicing the African-American fans. Um, it's not, it's not the, the, the reception is, is never that narrow, right? If you tell a good story as clearly was indicated last night, or you, or you, you focus on talent, um, the entire eighty thousand people in the arena are going to be going nuts when Becky and Kofi win. It's not about it's not about you know a quota or anything like that. It's just it's just, it, it's it's super important on its own terms, but it's also it also came off as just like just really great storytelling, and uh, and WWE you know sometimes has been a little bit willing to sort of bite off their nose to spite the face or whatever the the, the right turn of phrase is there. They stick to they stick to what they have planned, kind of def in defiance of the fans. And this was the first year in recent memory where it really felt like um, Herzog wrote about this on the site today. That you know, it, it turned out that when Triple H and Stephanie and 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 Vince got in the ring last year and said they were going to start listening to the fans, they might. I guess they were telling the truth. I mean, this was the this. It felt like everything kind of went the way that like you or I would have wanted it to go, right? Yeah, and, and in a way, it almost sets a bad precedent because they can't do this every year. They can't do this every month on pay-per-view or the network, right? So you're going to disappoint people eventually. So setting this up, I, I think they're almost setting themselves up for failure moving forward. I think they almost listen to the fans too much. You know, it's like, okay, it's sort of the Iconics one. I don't know how many Iconics fans were out there hoping that they would become the new women's tag team champions, but um, it, it's almost like, as I, I uh, as I alluded to before, so many baby faces went over. I was shocked. I thought of the of Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, and Becky Lynch. I was positive that one of them wasn't going to win, um, and I'm shocked that that all three of them did. And it's curious to see where they go from here. If one of them ends up being like a short title reign, and it was just for the WrestleMania moment, that's very possible as well. 
Um, you know, maybe Brock Lesnar says, I want my rematch clause right now. Maybe he says that tonight and Rollins ends up having a one day reign. You know, we don't know. Um, but for last night, I think it was it was really shocking how much they gave people what they want. OK, I'm watching this video with Shad and MVP right now, and I don't know if I can continue the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's really emotional, right? I mean, MVP kind of wipes this tear yeah, away from the corner of his eye. It's it's tremendous. And you know what? I, I know a lot of people um, uh, watching felt, felt the exact same way. You know, I, I was sitting next to our buddy Greg, uh, Stat Guy Greg, uh, for the for those listening. Um, and Greg got really emotional. You know, he was he. I've never seen him more intensely watching a match. Um, and we were talking, we, we were sitting kind of um, on the floor in kind of like a raised section, kind of right behind the first ringside section. And we were watching, and I was kind of whispering to, to Greg while the match was going on. I was saying, you know, Greg, you know, I know I'm rooting for Kofi like you are. I hope Kofi wins. Um, you know, total kayfabe, he's the baby face I'm pulling for him. But if you really think about it, the better wrestling decision is to have Daniel Bryan go over. Imagine the heat, because even though a lot of the heat was on Vince for the duration of that storyline, the heat was really transferred over to Bryan, and Bryan has really become a really hated heel, um, and, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, imagine if Bryan had gone over, um, or if it was some kind of schmozzy finish, you know, Rowan interferes, Kofi loses. Yeah, we'd, I'd be disappointed. I know Greg may, might walk away from wrestling entirely if that were to happen, but old school booking that's maybe the better decision right yeah no you i mean you can definitely make that case um or to have some sort i mean old school booking i mean yeah there's definitely like a dusty finish that wouldn't have been that hard to pull out that said i mean there's nothing nothing they could have done i mean they can always they can always pull the title back at some point they can you know vince can go back to his nefarious ways and daniel bryan the same on tuesday um but that was the real moment. I mean, of all of the big moments of the night, that Kofi's kids getting in the ring and the New Day celebrating together. And I mean, there was just, it was just such a touching moment that there's nothing, throw booking out the window or throw everything else out the window. That's, that was, that was definitely the right move. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just perfect. I mean, it, it was, it was really well done. It was a really well put together match. Um, you know, I love, I've always loved Kofi and it's just amazing to see, it's amazing to see his career arc um, sort of come to this, I mean, kind of come to its climax right now. I mean, I'm sure that hopefully there'll be more great things for him, but um, I mean, just what a wild ride it's been, especially just the past few months. Um, no, no question. Yeah. What about, and, and he came from the, sorry, go ahead, David. No, I was just going to ask about the rest of the card since you were there. Um <sighs> The, the, you know, you can talk if you want about the women's main event. Um, you know, we've covered that some already. Uh, but what do you, I mean, what, what was your perception of the reaction to Becky winning? And then, um, you know, overall, I think a lot of people were complaining about how late that went on. Goldstein was definitely ranting about that. So we don't need to go into too much of that. But, but, uh, but do you, did you feel like that? Do you feel like, um, the ending of that match, uh, was problematic or did, or, or, you know, this, speaking of dusty finishes, I think it was pretty clear that that's going to lead to something else, right? I think so, yeah. But as far as the duration of the show, I mean, it was 1230. I was ready for a midnight snack and give me 10 more matches, brother. Uh, <laughs> I was ready to settle in with a little milk and cookies and, and keep this keep this going through the night. Um, I mean, no one's getting an Uber home anyway. I don't know if you saw those memes going around, but uh, if no one can get out of that, that sports complex. Might as well just wrestle some more. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely leading somewhere else. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumor going around on online today uh, that that was not the planned finish of the match um, and because it came so out of nowhere. Um, and there was some, you know, obviously there's that confusion about whether Ronda's shoulders were down. Um, I think that was the finish. Um, yeah. I know it was weird, um, but I think that was it. And I think it's sort of meant to be um, a little uh, ambiguous. I think they felt that they had to have Becky go over um, and and they had to create a little bit of doubt. And that's how they chose to do it. I don't know if I necessarily agree with how it how it happened, um, but uh, that was that was definitely the right decision um, to have Becky win. You had to after a five and a half hour show, maybe even longer with the pre show, right? I think seven and a half hours. You had to get yeah. the fans out of there happy. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's exactly right. If you if, if people had been in that Uber line. Uh, after and Charlotte Flair had won, there there probably would have been a riot if there weren't one in the in in the MetLife uh, arena before, before you know already. Um, I did. By the way, did you notice that that Hogan made that <laughs> made that joke early in the show where he called it the Silverdome and then and then he goes, "Oh no, I'm just kidding. It's the MetLife Center, brother. It is <laughs> not the MetLife Center. That idiot." <laughs> <laughs> he got it wrong again. At some point, it's good. I feel like it, it. It actually works in his favor to be a buffoon because if we're all laughing at his inability to put a sentence together, then we're then we're not immediately thinking of all the other stuff. But um, uh, a qu- just quickly back to that the finish of the main event. I there was a lot of a lot of a lot of conflicting info floating around online from people who said they had sources inside. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be the the be all end all of this, but I did a little bit of texting around this morning when I realized that there was some question about the finish. And from what I understand, that's exactly how it was supposed to go. Um, and, and, you know, Rhonda's certainly been online today and, you know, playing it up and saying that she didn't actually lose and, and everything else. So I, I think that, I think that that was maybe, I mean, with all the baby face wins that we just discussed, I think maybe that was Vince being a little bit too cute, you know, to try to sort of even things out a little bit without fully evening them out. Um, but, and, and, and it would have been, it probably, it would have been nice if it was a little bit cleaner. But the good part about it is we don't, you know, is that today we woke up saying Ronda Rousey's not gone, right? I mean, we, we know that because of that finish, it projected that she's got a bone to pick still. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Raw and to see where we go with all that. Yeah, that, that's true, maybe, but but perhaps this is Rhonda's out. Maybe she says, I'm not being treated fairly, the officials are against me, I'm out of here, I'm going back to real fighting, or I'm going to Hollywood, or something like that. She could also use this as her kayfabe means of an exit. You're right. Too. Yeah. Well, as they say, anything's possible. Okay, outside of the first two, we're, we gotta get out of here because I've been talking forever, but outside of the big two matches, Kofi and, and, uh, and, 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 and Becky Lynch, uh, and and eliminate Seth too. Uh, who was your MVP of the night? And you can't say Tony Nese again. Oh, um, I think my MVP of the night is the Miz. You know, I, I had talked a lot leading up to the show that I was really looking forward to the Miz's first big babyface singles match. I think he's had a lot of 
babyface potential for a really, really long time. And I think by taking the, the unexpected loss to Shane McMahon gives him even more babyface fire moving forward. Uh, it was an incredible match. Um, they came right in front of us during that brawl into the crowd before they climbed up to that tower where they did the uh, the suplex finish. And I was eating a delicious gyro. I recommend the gyros at MetLife Stadium. Munching, I was I had a gyro. <laughs> I was munching on a gyro in one hand, and I had my iPhone camera in my hand with uh, in, in the other hand, trying to snap photos and boomerangs to post and create fantastic digital content because uh, they were right in front of us. Um, but I thought it was a really fun match. You know, look, it's not going to be you know uh, uh, a technical wrestling um, clinic, uh, but that's not what that was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a crazy brawl that created a lot of heat and I, I like Shane going over and now he can continue to say he's best in the world and the Miz can get some more baby face fire as well. So I think, I think the Miz is my MVP of the night other than kind of the big, uh, obvious ones. Yeah. That- um, and sure. And Hey, you know what? I'll say second runner up. I'll say uh, Colin Jost runner up in the, <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman, uh, one battle Royal. Who saw that coming that the runner up of the battle Royal was going to be, uh, Colin Jost. My money was on Charles Rocket, but uh, uh, Colin Jost came up with it. <laughs> All right. Big props to Colin Jost. Congratulations <laughs> to, uh, to to both The Miz and Daniel Bryan. By the way, I was saying that The Miz-Shane uh, match was a little bit overshadowed just by the magnitude of everything else that was going on at times, but it was also a little bit overshadowed by their immaculate performance at the Hall of Fame. I don't know if uh, if, if you guys saw that, but, it, but they... They did the thing where they just sort of like went to their faces in the crowd, but they went back and forth between Miz and Shane like 15 times, and they had this incredible interplay. Everybody should check it out. It was one of the highlights of the weekend. Anyway, thank you so much for calling, Zach. I will talk to you uh, in real life really soon, man. Thanks, David. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jerry. Bye. I think we basically touched on everything. Samoa Joe squash Rey Mysterio. Roman Reigns didn't squash, but, you know, handily beat Drew McIntyre. That was a clean feel-good. Triple H Superman sledgehammered uh, Batista into retirement. Batista officially said this, he's not going to wrestle anymore. He does have some important stuff going on. Uh, Kurt Angle's thing went sort of the way that... Uh, the, 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 way, the path of least resistance. Uh, go out on your back. Go out on your back. I like that. Don't really Classic. involve... I mean, there was no Undertaker. There was no John Cena. Oh, we didn't even talk about John Cena. I mean, you did. You talked about John Cena and no one knowing who he was. Yeah. Oh, also, my cousin mentioned during that, uh, John, uh, during the Kurt Angle thing, my cousin Tom Bevan, shout out, said, um, don't uh, amateur wrestlers or Olympic wrestlers, when they finish, don't they leave their boots like on the mat? Uh huh. Did he not Kurt do Angle that? did not do that. Oh. It's because he actually doesn't have feet. <laughs> he's, been, he's, been rest- he's, he's a cyborg at this point he's yeah. like more machine than man he really is <laughs> uh, and then the demon Finn Balor went over on Bobby Lashley that was super cool uh, for two reasons one because even though it was a little it was a short match and you know that and the Kurt Angle thing were a little bit in the popcorn slot um, they gave Finn a big Wrestlemania win mm-hmm. the demon is undefeated Has an, the demon is Five and zero, oh, and is like one titles or one. Everyone is a huge win, and really cool little subtext. The demon did like like almost all the moves were not Finn Balor's moves. Like the demon has a different move set than Finn Balor. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I he mean, also, he still did the coup de gras, and and I think there was one sling blade or whatever. But like, like you know, he did a power bomb. He did a bunch of stuff he doesn't normally do, which is a cool thing. He had a lot less paint on. 
Do you yeah. think he got rushed? He thought he wasn't going on until 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning? No. What, like, What's going on? <laughs> what I think is that they've sort of decided on what the demon look is officially going to be, and it's not a good solution. No, and he's doing a lot with the tongue. Yeah. That, that Dan St. Germain and I were complaining about last yeah, time. A lot true. of tongue. Um, By the way, a listener, I don't have their name, pointed out on Twitter, you finally got your two-day WrestleMania. <laughs> because it went for two days? <laughs> yeah, because it went past midnight. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long I hope one. you're happy. You're, you're responsible for it's this. It's all my fault, I guess. Um, anyway... Uh, Becky Lynch closed out the night with a sort of controversial win. She pinned, mm-hmm. she got two out of the three on uh, Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. after Charlotte went kind of got went somewhat through a table. Um, it was a fantastic match. Everything, I mean, it lived up to the hype. Everything lived up to the hype. There was just a lot of it. What was your what, favorite moment? My favorite moment? Whew, that's a tough one. I like Sean Fennessy said his favorite moment was... He also Samoa Joe just destroying Rey Mysterio. So yeah, that was that was really. Good. Were there any other Were there any other staff picks that are worth mentioning? You said you got to sit next to Macaulay Culkin. Well, I got no way in front of Macaulay Culkin. I should put that picture up. Once you get in there on the like once you get in there in the gimme seats, there's no like. I know he was with the brothers too. The the brother uh, Kieran, w- Kieran and Rory, really the one with the long hair and Kieran. They're from all big Succession. wrestling fans, man. Yeah, they're they for all, real. All of them were sitting right there. I I said, "What's up to Macaulay Culkin?" I said, "What's up, Mac?" Gave me the head nod. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, the Samoa Joe match is fun. I'm glad Sean got a kick out of it. Listen, there was a lot of big moments. I mean, I think Kofi winning has to be it for me. Um, yeah. I, I would... Becky winning, weirdly, was more of a relief. Like, I was just... Like, there was part of me that, as much as I said otherwise, still didn't believe that they were going to put her over. Right. <laughs> and uh, and they did. I mean, they kind of gave us that little that little schmozzy ending. Not schmoz, but, you know, that little question mark on the end. And that's fine. Give us a question mark. Give us a reason to watch Raw. But, um, but yeah, I don't think that there. I don't. I'm trying. I'm, I'm looking through. I really enjoyed the Samoa Joe match. I really enjoyed the tag team match. I thought that was really that that was fantastic. And but may I mean, and then Rollins winning to open up the show was really great too. Yeah. Can I give a sappy answer for uh, my favorite moment? Yes. Just being there, seeing how much all these people loved it was so nice. In real, like the yeah. fans? Oh, yeah. It was like Christmas for like all these people. There's nothing like it. Man. I ran into a friend from high school I haven't seen since the year 2000, since we graduated. Wow. Wrestling, bringing all these people together. Watching all the guys dressed up, I tweeted out a couple pictures from it. Did you see the guy dressed like uh, Matt Riddle? Hilarious. No, that's I'll great. To, I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, all, all the guys dressed up too. I saw a guy look just like KO. Kevin Owens. It, m- it might have just been him now that I think about it. He was on like the hot dog line and he wasn't in the ring at all. So maybe it was him. Wait, was he dressed as Kevin? Did he have a Kevin Owens shirt on or was it just a guy that looked like Kevin Owens? <laughs> no, I think it was him. Dro- in his ring Not gear. the hardest thing to spot. Like, anyway. In, in, yeah, I think every other fan there actually looked like Kevin Owens. So, uh, so I'm excited about Raw and SmackDown. A lot of Kevin, speaking of Kevin Owens, a lot of... Uh, oh, any big predictions? Roman Reigns takes the title off Seth Rollins tonight? I don't know if they're going to go right into that. It's, it kind of seems like, well, but... Yeah, maybe so. Because Lesnar's... I don't think Lesnar's there. Um, but yeah, seeing everybody in there, in their element, loving wrestling, that's the best part of WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it is sappy, but it's totally true. There's not, there's absolutely nothing like it. The whole weekend was a, just a huge success, I think. And But it's just seeing everybody happy, everybody, in, like, this is it. This is the weekend to love wrestling. And we will continue to love wrestling tonight on Monday Night Raw. 
tomorrow on SmackDown. And we'll be back here probably on Wednesday to wrap all that up too. So, Jim, thank you for everything in life. You're welcome. Shout out to WWE. Shout out to my guy, Chad Brown. Yeah, Chad, Um, thank you. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 